0: Pastor Tasha, she's going to bring the word to you tonight. So why don't you welcome her as she comes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi. (laughs) We're going to keep on talking about healing, as uh, Pastor Mark has been, and uh, we're going to go over to 2 Chronicles. So... You can go with me over there to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and we're going to talk about the praise cure. <laughs> when Pastor Hagen was here just in, in uh, June, it was June, right? He was talking about that and then um, just not too long ago I was reading another Article actually before he came, I was reading another minister had published that same story from Lillian B Yeoman's in her in their publication, and then um, I was reminded of it when we were at another place. And I got a text from somebody that said, "Please pray for me. I'm I'm experiencing like a a total attack, and I need healing." And so um, it immediately came to my mind the praise cure. And so I sent her the the article from that ministry publication and within hours, I got back a text that said, praise God, he's already working, he's already doing it, and so awesome, that was, that was wonderful, and so um, just along the lines of healing, um, I'm just going to revisit that story, and so in the book, um, Healing from Heaven, Lillian Beomans, she shares many, many testimonies and um, but one of them in particular uh, it's in the chapter that she calls the praise cure and so the praise cure and she says it like this she says it's the and she was a medical doctor and so she knew quite a bit about medicine and about different cures and she said um, and how uh, medical science can help us but there's not a lot of cures that are available to things that uh, ail us, and so she said, "There is a cure, and it's the most expensive cure that ever was. But the price doesn't have to be paid by you. It was already paid, and it was paid not with silver and gold or things that are perishable. It was paid for by the precious blood of Jesus, and it was paid for you. And then she says it this way: She says that we can access that cure any time that we need to, and it's simply done." by singing yourself into it. I love that. (laughs) By singing yourself into it. And then she says, it's the praise cure. And so I'll share the story with you a little bit later from her book. But that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The power of praise. And sometimes we focus on prayer, and we focus on um, sometimes rebuking the enemy, and we focus on what we have or haven't done. But oftentimes, the praise cure is overlooked in our life. And so it's such a wonderful thing when we find out that healing can be had. And one of my instructors from Bible college, he said this. He said, prayer gets God's attention, but praise brings the answer. And I love that because there's something about praise. There's a way that praise makes. There's a way that God can enter into a situation because of praise that doesn't happen in any other place. Praise is powerful. And so we're going over here to 2 Chronicles and we're going to read a story about praise. But let's pray before we get into it. Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to get into your word. And Father, to remind ourselves of things that we know or maybe that we've even experienced. But Father, I thank you that tonight they will find a place in our heart, that we'll be able to draw that up as we need it. And I thank you, Father God, that your truth tonight would minister to our hearts, to our lives, to our spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that as we receive the word tonight, Father that this word will go deep within us, that it'll, it'll find that reservoir in our heart, Father, where we can draw it up again and again because the Holy Spirit will bring it to our remembrance. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you that we'll grow tonight. We'll grow in health. We'll grow in healing. We'll grow in wisdom. We'll grow in spirit. And we thank you for it, Lord. Amen. Well, so the praise cure in Second Chronicles chapter 20, but actually it starts just a little while before this. I'm going to go over to 17 for a second. Second Chronicles 17, and it says this in verse 1. It says, Jehoshaphat, his son, reigned in Asa's stead and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed forces in all the fortified cities of Judah, and he set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, Which Asa his father had taken. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David. And he did not seek the Baals, but he sought and he yearned with all of his desire after the Lord, the God of his father. And he walked in his commandments and not after the ways of Israel. So Israel and Judah are separate at this point, and he's the king over Judah, and Judah is following the Lord. And so it says this in verse 5, Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. And his heart was cheered, and his courage was high in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places of the Asherim out of Judah. Also, in the third year of his reign, he sent his princes, Ben-Hael, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathanael, and Mike, uh, Micah, Mike, uh, Mike, I, I can't say that, to teach in the cities of Judah. And with them were the Levites, all these other guys that are listed. And it says, and they taught in Judah, and they had the book of the law, of the Lord with them and they went throughout the cities of Judah and taught among the people. Now that's such an important part of this story because when Jehoshaphat became king he said it's important not just that you obey what I tell you to do it's important that you know the word of God and that you know who he is, but that you obey his word, because that's where prosperity comes to us, right? When we know the word and we obey the word. And so he wanted not just for him and for his rulers to know and be prospered by the word, he wanted all of the people to be. And so he sent teachers throughout the land and they read the word and they taught the word so that they would know God. Now, that's a huge part of this story. So then we come over, and it says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 1, it says, after this, after what? After he became king, after he made sure that the people knew the word of God, after this, the enemy comes, because the enemy wants to steal the word. So many times, the enemy comes to steal the word from us. And it says, after this, the Moabites the Ammonites with them, and the Munanites, which I don't even know who they are, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And it was told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude has come against you from beyond the Dead Sea of Edom, and behold, they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in gedi And then Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself determinately as his vital need to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast in all Judah." So tonight, we're going to talk about some things, and we're going to talk about some things that you could even say that are hindrances to us um, receiving sometimes, or things, maybe you could just say it this way, that we need to change so that we can receive what God has for us, so that we can grab hold of this praise cure, and that we can really see and know the power that is in praise and in worship. And so here, Jehoshaphat, his first reaction is one that maybe you've experienced too. It says in verse 3, Then Jehoshaphat feared. (laughs) He was afraid. When the enemy came, what was the first thing that tried to rise up in his heart? Fear. And you know, that's happened to me too. And we can let our imagination go with fear or we can begin to let our imagination run with the word of God. And so it's our choice. So fear came. But if we're going to have victory, we can't let fear take hold of us. And he begins to know that immediately, and he makes a change. It says he feared, and he set himself determinately as his vital need to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast. So he's really presenting himself before the Lord. Now at this point, he can imagine disaster, (laughs) or he can imagine what God can do. And that's the direction that we want our thoughts to go, in what God can do. You know, God created our imaginations, and he created them on purpose. And I think it's a wonderful thing when you see a child that's, that's uninhibited with their imagination, and they, I mean, think up and think themselves to be the greatest things that they can think of. And it's all done with their imagination, right? Right? And, and, you know, we were babysitting this one little guy one time, and um, I said, Isaac, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, I'm going to be a dinosaur. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) nobody had told him yet, you can't be a dinosaur. But he thought of the biggest, you know, coolest thing that he could think of, and his imagination was running with it. And he acted like that, you know, most of the time, like he was a dinosaur. So, (laughs) but our imaginations are really given to us by God so that we can let them go in the direction of God's thoughts. And God wants us to think his thoughts. So he says here, he says, I had some thoughts that came to me, and they were thoughts of fear. I could have dwelled on those, but instead I set myself determinately as my vital need. See, he knew something. This is his vital need right now, to seek the Lord. And not only was he going to seek the Lord, he was going to have all the people of Judah seek the Lord. Their, their uh, wives, their children, everyone, not even just the men of war, everyone was seeking the Lord. And so he proclaimed a fast. See, fear comes when we look at the problem, and fear grows when we look at the problem. But God has given us something different. So we can let our imagination go in things like this. What if all of my needs were met? What if... Uh, God provided a new job for me what if I was totally healed of this what if uh, God did exactly what he said he would do with my kids and they started turning around and going the other direction what if right see we have so many things in our lives that we can apply this to what is our vital need what's the thing that's affecting us well if like Jehoshaphat we set ourselves to seek him then We're going to be able to think on God's thoughts for some things. So one thing that may need to change is our thoughts. So that's point number one. (laughs) Some things that may need to change so that we can access the praise cure that's already paid for for us, one thing that may need to change is our thoughts. And, you know, it's a really good thing. Changing our thoughts doesn't start when the report comes. See, why did he think it so important that they knew the word of God and that they knew who God was, so that they could think different thoughts, so that they could have the thoughts of God about themselves and about who he had created them to be, so they could know his thoughts and his plans for them and for their future. See, they were to think the thoughts of God when they heard the word of God, so Thoughts, you know, they don't start when the report comes. It starts before that. We start renewing our mind to the word of God, not for the day of disaster, for the day of the bad report. No, we do it ahead of time. So when that report comes, all of a sudden now, we're in a different place. We're going, wow, you know what? Okay, well, that might be true, but I know something that's truer. (laughs) I know God said this. We let our thoughts dwell on what God said. And so he wanted them to know that. And here's a good thing to ask ourselves. What do my thoughts naturally rest on? See, it might have to do with our personality. It might have to do with what we've been thinking about. But it's a good thing to ask ourselves because that's where we can make the changes that need to be made if we examine ourselves. So what do our thoughts rest on? Or you could say it this way, what's the natural direction for me to go? When I hear something, what's my natural direction to go? Is it to start contemplating all of the, uh, the scenarios? Well, that's mine, <laughs> you know? <laughs> One time, uh, Mark says to me, he says, um, are you worrying? I said, no, I'm thinking. He said, well, your thinking looks a lot like worrying. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. It can. So fear comes when we focus on the wrong things. So we may need to change our thoughts. And let me tell you a statistic that I heard. So 40% of the things that we worry about never even happen. (laughs) 40%. 30% are things in the past that can't be helped. 12% concern the affairs of others, and they're not even our business. (laughs) Ouch! (laughs) 10% are about sickness that is real or imagined, and 8% are actually things that are worth worrying about. (laughs) But then you could say even that 8%, if you know the Lord, are not worth worrying about. They're worth taking to Him. So, Wow, that changes things. How many times do we work ourselves up and and think about all of the things, all of the things, all of the things, and then we're in a frenzy? And what's better, to calm down on the Word of God and begin to think God's thoughts, to start out with his thoughts. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this. It says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect who look for, who hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. And they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Don't you love that? Oh, my goodness. I mean, meditate on that for a while. That's, that's the part that's a hundred percent worthy of meditating on those who wait for the Lord who expect, who look for who hope in him so where do our thoughts naturally go do we start expecting disastrous things to happen do we start expecting you know the enemy but it says if we expect, look for Hope in him. We shall change and renew our strength and power. Wow. I love that. So that's a, that's a good one to meditate on. Um, worry drains our energy and our power, and it just shows us that, because when we meditate on him, when we expect him, that fills us up. So we can have an exchange, our thoughts for his thoughts, and we can think different. And we can begin to see different. Well, go with me back over to the story of Second Chronicles chapter 20, and we'll start in verse 4. It says, And Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord, yearning for him with all their desire. And Jehoshaphat stood at the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court." And said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? What a question. See, he knew he was, right? It's one of those questions that doesn't need an answer. (laughs) He's going, you're God! And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you? Did not you, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If evil comes upon us, the sword of judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name and the symbol of your presence is this house, and cry to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came into the land of Egypt, and whom they turned from and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not exercise judgment upon them? For we have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us. We do not know what to do but our eyes are on you. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their children and their wives. So let's pause there. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I tell you, that's good advice. Write that down in your notebook. Put it on your refrigerator. Write it on your heart. When we don't know what to do, where do our eyes need to go? On him. Our eyes are on you. So, Sometimes we do things like this. When I don't know what to do, I call my friend because if I can just get on the telephone with her, I'll feel better. (laughs) No. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, right? Sometimes we do this. When I don't know what to do, I grab my phone and I say, Google, what are the symptoms of? (laughs) No. (laughs) When I don't know what to do, my eyes are on him. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. They're looking for wisdom. And they have boldness to approach the throne of God. Why? Because they know who they are, and they know who he is. Do you notice in the whole first part of that, he goes, are you not God? Did you not give us this land? Did you not tell us, don't drive them out now, because you already had a plan? They know that God will know what to do. So when we don't know what to do, our eyes have to be on him. And Jehoshaphat says that. He says, our eyes are on you. And he begins to tell God all of the things that he had done before, all of those things. So if we want to have victory, we're saying this. We might have to change some things. Number one is our thoughts, but here's number two. We might have to change what we're saying. (laughs) Oh boy, that's a good one. Make sure you write it down. (laughs) If we want to have victory, we might have to change what we're saying. So he's not spending a lot of time on the problem. Did you notice that in his prayer? He's not spending a ton of time on the problem. He's spending a lot of time telling God, You're in control. You have the wisdom. We'll obey. Our eyes are on you. I love that. So we might have to change what we're saying, we might have to change where we're looking, what we're thinking. The thing that we most rehearse in times like this is the the thing that grows bigger and bigger and bigger in our sight. So what is he making big? He's making the Lord big. He's making him big. Are you not God? Oh, yeah, you are. Did you not make everything? Uh, Yeah, you did. Did you not even make us and give us this land? Yeah, you did. I mean, he's just telling God that you're in control, you tell me what to do, and we'll obey you. Romans 10:17 says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What a wonderful scripture, and we understand that and know that, and that's why we read the word and we put it in, but do you know that the enemy works in the same way? See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but fear which is really the opposite of faith, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the enemy. And when we repeat the thoughts and the things that the enemy feeds us, we grow in fear. So we got to get into faith. What are we saying? What are we saying? The number one way to grow our faith is to begin to say what God has said Say what he has said, and we will grow in faith, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that doesn't just mean that we have to watch Christian television all day. It means that we put the word in our heart, and when that word is in our heart, we begin saying what God said too. And that's a way of hearing the word, hearing and hearing the word. So we put it in. Um, Psalm 103, 1 through 6, says this. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. I love that. He says here, that's a a good thing. Don't forget what God has done and what he's doing and that he's our healer. He is our healer. So, change what we're thinking, change what we're saying. These are things that will help us. Um, Let's see. So what do we say when something happens? What do we begin to say? Well, we begin to do what they did. We make God bigger. We, make, we magnify him. We praise him. And you know, this is where it started. It didn't start here uh, or, or the day they went out onto the battlefield with the praisers in front. It started right here when they needed answers. They started praising God And they said, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And all of them, all of them stood before him. So what do we say? Well, here's some things we could say. We could say what we know about God. That's what he did right here. He said what he knew about God. How do we get the praise cure working in our life? Well, we say, Lord, I know that you're the healer. You're the healer. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you took my infirmities, that you... uh, your blood was shed for me that your body was broken for me thank you Lord that you took my pain of punishment thank you Lord that you did it we say what we know from the word of God we say what he has done for us we say who he is to us and we begin to say what the word says that's how we start that praise cure that's how we begin to start it so you know um, n- I know, I tell this story a lot, but we went to um, Taiwan one time, and we were ministering in the Bible school there, and I was kind of nervous to go because I had watched this special on PBS about things they ate there. (laughs) And I'm not really a picky eater. I mean, I have a lot of things that I I like to eat, but when I go places, like, I don't want to get sick ever. And so I don't want to eat something that I'm not used to, and so when we go on missions trips and stuff, I always say, Chicken, French fries, and Coke. They say, what do you want? Chicken, French fries, and Coke. Because those are the safe things. I mean, (laughs) if you have those, and if chicken is not available, that's okay. I can live on French fries and Coke for weeks. (laughs) I do it all the time. (laughs) If French fries aren't available, potato chips work really good, too. So, potato chips and Coke, those are my go-to, along with French fries and chicken. So, anyway... (laughs) <laughs> so when Olivia uh, was here, she gave me a bag of potato chips because she knows how much I love them. And so I texted her a while after. I said, oh, I just had my breakfast of potato chips. <laughs> so anyway, so those are the good things. So anyway, we, we got off of the plane, and somebody picked us up at the airport, and um, she said to us, she said, I know you must be hungry. I'm going to take you guys to lunch and she said, would you like authentic Chinese food or TGI Fridays? Well, you know what I chose, (laughs) TGI Fridays. So I was like, yes, thank you, American food, yay. We're familiar with this. And so anyway, we were walking back, and it was hot, and we were walking blocks, I mean like six or more big city blocks, to our hotel. And we were walking, and I just started like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm in pain. My stomach started hurting so bad that by the time we got back, I could hardly even stand. I, I just told Mark, I think I ate something bad. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> so, so we were staying in this place, and I'll never forget it. It was pink from the bedspreads, the carpet, the walls, the tile in the bathroom, the porcelain in the bathroom. Everything was pink. And all I could think was Pepto-Bismol. That would be awesome right now. <laughs> if I had some of that. It was called the Feelings Motel. And so we were standing, And I was having feelings, you guys. Bad feelings. And so anyway, I'm laying on the bed. And I'm thinking, if I could just call my doctor. If I could just call him, I know that he would know what to do. He could probably interpret something. He could do anything if I could just call him. And Mark said to me, kind of sarcastically, but... 100% true, I think you're just going to have to trust the Lord <laughs> and I was like, no because <laughs> I just like had such a good relationship with my doctor and I knew that he would help me, but do you know that in all that time, and we were even preaching in the Bible school there I had not totally trusted the Lord for my healing and so the thought of now having to do that was terrifying. <laughs> but he said, "I'm going to I'm going to give you some scriptures." And he marked them in the Bible, and I was laying there on the bed between trips to the bathroom. <laughs> and I would flip from one to the other to the other to the other, and I just I was taking the praise cure. And so I just started reading them and letting them sink into my heart and praising the Lord for what he had done before and for who he was and for how he took my infirmities, how he bore my sickness for me. And it became so real that it wasn't just in my head and it wasn't just the word that I was reading. It sunk into my heart and it began to penetrate every cell of my body. And I started feeling different in the feelings motel (laughs) I started feeling different well so then they called us and they said "Um, we're going to go take you to authentic Chinese food tonight and I was like Mark you're going and I'm not going (laughs) I can't even think about eating something or putting something in my stomach at this point there's no way I'm going and the Lord dropped this word in my heart and he said you'll be healed as you go And I still was resistant, like, I may or I may not go. (laughs) But I ended up getting in the car with everybody, and we went to authentic Chinese food, and I thought the smell was going to make me sick as we drove up. And I said, Lord, you said I'll be healed as I go. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just have a little broth. And then... I ended up eating a whole meal of stuff. I didn't even know what it was. I mean, it was awesome, and it tasted so good, but I do know there was chicken feet in the one thing that we ate, and I never would have eaten that. But the Lord said, you'll be healed as you go. And see, I took the praise cure. The praise cure, Lillian B. Yeoman says, is available to anyone and everyone. It covers every disease. It covers every sickness known to man. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with. The praise cure covers it. It's the one and only true cure. (laughs) Oh, man. It's the praise cure. So what we say is very important. And then back to our story in verse 14, it says, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the middle of the assembly. And he said, Hearken, all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat. The Lord says this to you, Be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. See, the Lord says, do not be afraid of that bad report. The battle's not yours, it's mine. Don't be afraid of that uh, uh, situation that looks so big and ominous. Don't be afraid that that maybe your job isn't where you thought it would be. Don't be afraid. The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Oh, man. (laughs) And then it goes on and it says, tomorrow... Go down to them. Behold, they will come up through the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the ravine before the wilderness of Jeruel. And you shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your positions. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. And some Levites of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Oh, I love that. A very loud voice. And you know why they stood with a very loud voice? Because they had the word of the Lord they had the word of the lord and they stood in boldness and they stood with authority they knew that they were not under in this battle they were winning this battle god said this is not your battle this is my battle and do you know that that's what jesus said when he hung on the cross when he stretched out and died for us he said i won this victory for you my victory is your victory His victory is ours. And so here's the third point. We might have to change how we say some things. Do you notice that they stood up with authority and they stood up and they said it loud because this was releasing their faith in what God said? These were God's words. They had authority because God said, It's done. But they did have a part, they had to take their positions. They couldn't stay in bed at home and say, "Um, well, um, God said he would do it, so we're sleeping in. (laughs) No, they had to take their position and they had to do their part. And you'll notice all throughout the word of God, whenever there's a miracle, there's a God part and there's a man part. And we work together to see the miracles of God. And so it's important that we do that, that we take our part. So praise was their part. Their part was praise, and praise was a weapon. It was a weapon that they began to speak out of their mouth, and it was like the sword that we know the word of God is. It was the sword that was defeating the enemy in that moment. It's powerful. So I'll tell you about another story that just took place just um, in October. We had the ladies' salad Saturday salad social, (laughs) and it was so fun, and we had all the ladies, and so I was carrying tubs of um, water to my car, and uh, they were kind of heavy, and I felt my back kind of twinge, and I was like, oh, that didn't feel good, and so I finished all the, the stuff that we were doing there, and I went home after the ladies' Saturday salad social, and by the time I got home, my back hurt so bad, I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I was having spasms to the point where I couldn't even talk. I was, like, telling Mark, I'm like, my back is, like, so... ah." I mean, seriously, it was, like, it was bad. And I thought, I I wanted to say, take me to the hospital. And and I laid on the floor, and I didn't even know if I was going to get up. And he said, I'll pray for you. I was like, okay, then will you take me to the hospital? Right? So anyway, he said, I'll pray for you. And so I was like, okay. And um, so he prayed for me. And then I said one of the stupidest things that I've ever said. And the Lord corrected me on it. As soon as he got done praying for me, I said this to him. I said, so what do I expect now? (laughs) And he goes, I don't know that you'll be healed. And the Lord, like, really corrected me. And he said, do you believe that that made a difference? That prayer made a difference? Do you believe that prayer made a difference? And I had to pause for a minute and go, yes, I do. (laughs) I do believe that prayer made a difference. And then he said, so you're going to have to say it. And, you know, we did this over and over with our kids when they were young. We said, Now say, thank you, Jesus, for healing my body. And so I started saying that. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my body. Thank you, Jesus, for healing this back spasm. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my back. Thank you for healing my body. And then guess what? I got up off of the floor, and I went to unload the dishwasher. And load the dishwasher. And within, what, maybe two hours? Maybe maybe even less. My back was totally well. I thought... I was gonna have to go to the hospital, seriously. And then I was totally well, and my back wasn't hurting anymore. See, we have to own God's word, and we have to take it, and we have to, that's part of the praise cure, and that's the part that we do. God won't do our part, but that's our part. So we take the praise cure. So we can't stay in bed because the battle is the Lord's. We have to take our position. And praise is our position to receive. And when we receive and when we praise, the Bible says this in John 4 23. Uh, oh, no, that's not the one I want to read. Uh, Psalm 23 3. It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. So his, our, our praise, excuse me, our praise is the avenue that God comes into that situation. And he comes, and he moves, and he does amazing things. So Psalm 8.2 says this, Out of the mouths of babes and unweaned infants, you have established strength because of your foes. Oh, that's a good one. Because of your foes. Do you know that the Lord knew that the enemy would try and come against us? And he gave us a way to receive a cure in the midst of the enemy coming against us that wasn't hard and it wasn't difficult. He says, out of the mouths of babes. It doesn't matter if we're the strongest or the weakest. In, in our faith yet, if we'll grab hold of those promises and we'll begin to praise him out of the mouths of babes and unweaned infants, you have established strength. All of a sudden, we become strong because of your foes, God's foes, because of your foes that you might silence Put to rest the enemy and the avenger. Wow. Silence the enemy and the avenger. Guess what? When we start praising, the devil gets put in a time out. (laughs) (laughs) He is silenced, and he has nothing to say. But why? Because we're doing all the talking. We are praising God and we're releasing his power and we're releasing him into a situation and we can't listen to what the enemy is saying because we are so focused on God. Oh man, praise is an expression of our faith. It's a declaration of our victory. It declares that we believe that God is with us and that he is changing our situation. And he is and it's the praise cure. So the praise cure is powerful. It's so powerful. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So if we want to have victory, here's something else we might have to change, and this is number four, when we say it. When we say it. So we might have to change our thoughts. We might have to change what we say. We might have to change how we're saying it and really use our authority. or And we might have to change when we say it. So back over to 2 Chronicles, verse 25, I think. Oh, no, we didn't even get that far. 20. <laughs> it says, And they rose early in the morning, and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe and remain steadfast to his prophets, and you shall prosper. Wow. You shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers to sing... To the Lord and to praise Him in their holy priestly garments as they went out before the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for His mercy and loving kindness endure forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were self slaughtered. <laughs> For suspecting betrayal of the men of Ammon and Moab rose up against those of Mount Seir and utterly destroying them. And when they had made an end to the men of Mount Seir, they helped to destroy one another. And when Judah came to the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked at the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen on the earth, and none had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil they found among them much cattle, goods, garments, precious things, and they took them for themselves, more than they could carry away, so much they were three days in gathering the spoil. On the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Baraka. There they blessed the Lord, so the name of that place is still called the valley of Barakah. Baraka, which means blessing, the valley of blessing. See, we might be going through a valley, but God can change that valley into a valley of blessing. But it all depends on where our eyes are, what we are saying, if we understand who we are and we understand our authority, and when we begin praising. So notice this. They didn't begin praising once they saw the dead bodies. (laughs) They didn't begin praising at that point. They began praising at the very beginning of the journey. In fact, they began praising when the report came that there was going to be war. When the report came, they started praising, and then it says they got the word of the Lord that they would send those praisers out first, and they started praising at the beginning of the day and before anything had happened yet. You know, sometimes that's our mistake. We're waiting for something to happen before we start praising you know (laughs) mark is famous for walking around our house like he sings to himself all the time and he uh, is praying in tongues a lot of the time and so sometimes when he's upstairs and i'm downstairs or i'm coming up or i'm leaving a room i'll think he's talking to me but he's not talking to me he's talking to the lord and so i'll say something like what and he'll say I'm just praying, or I'm just praising the Lord, and I'll say, "For what? <laughs> because if it's something good that just happened, like he got a text and you know somebody had something really good happen, so he's praising the Lord, then I want to know about it too. So then I'll start praising too, right? But half of the time, there's nothing happening at that moment. He's just praising the Lord, which is an awesome thing to be doing. But, you know, sometimes we wait for the thing to begin praising. But what if we were praising, and it was our lifestyle, and we praised all the time? And it was so natural that that's what we would do when a report came, we would just start praising. See, that's even better. Psalm 34.1 says this, "'I will bless the Lord at all times.'" His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Wow. See, this sounds like it's a lifestyle. We might have to change when we are saying some things. We're not waiting for something to happen so that we begin praising. We're already praising. We already praise him. (laughs) So they praised before they even saw anything And they didn't praise based on what they saw. They praised based on who God was. Oh, man, that's so good, you guys. They sang before they saw. So I want to share with you this testimony from Lillian B. Yeoman's book, Healing from Heaven. And she says this. um, She tells about a missionary to China who years ago ministered fearlessly to assist sister missionary with smallpox while ministering a very bad case of confluent smallpox, that's what it looked like to the doctors, came upon the missionary and she didn't know what to do. And she asked the Lord and he told her to sing and praise him for his faithfulness to the word. Now this is a quote directly from her book. The doctor isolated the woman and he told her to lie quiet but she said, if she didn't praise God, the very stones would cry out. And so she sang, and she sang, and she praised, and she praised. And the doctor said that he feared for her life. Her case was serious, and awful complications threatened. But she praised, and she praised, and she sang, and she sang. And the doctor said that she was evidently delirious. Laughter But he had so little help that he couldn't restrain her. And so she sang, and she sang, and she praised, and she praised. And the doctor said, why do you praise so much? And she answered, because I have so many pox on me, and God shows me I must praise him for each one separately. And she kept right at it. And the Lord had shown her a vision of two baskets, one containing her praising, which was half full, and the other was her testing, which was full. He told her that if the praise basket, that the praise basket must be filled so that it would outweigh the other, and so she kept at it. Her songs and her shouts were so spirit-filled that they were contagious, and the Christian nurses couldn't resist joining in. So they kept the place ringing. (laughs) At last, the Lord showed her that the praise basket was full and overflowing. She saw it sink and the testing basket rise into the air. In a moment, as it seemed, the eruption and all of the symptoms vanished, leaving no trace, not even a scar. I love that. She says, yes, the praise cure works every time. And it's not unpleasant, it's rather delightful. (laughs) The cost of it has been paid for by Jesus, and it's available at any moment to each of us. Are you ready to begin it? Just believe what God says Jesus has done for you, spirit, soul, and body. Think about it, talk about it, sing about it, shout about it, and the praise cure has begun. You are not to take it once a year, but all the time. Amen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Wow. So the praise cure. You know, God has been faithful, and we could go through a list of things that God has done. And and I've been thinking about it lately, and I've been thinking about all the things that he has healed me from, things that doctors couldn't even help me with. You know, uh, over and over again, God has done amazing things. I have a testimony when I broke my ankle. Donna and I were breaking into the church office, <laughs> and I broke my ankle and climbing through the window and so and so um, they told me I would have to have surgery because it was too big of a gap between the end of my fibula and the broken you know part and I believed god that he would pull that together and that i wouldn't have to have that surgery that's where my faith was and so i was praising god for that and right before my day of surgery i said to the doctor i said um can you take another x-ray and he said well that's not really how it works (laughs) he said we'll we don't we'll do an x-ray with the screws in it how's that (laughs) and i said actually i think it's changed and he said well Like I said, that's not the way it works. (laughs) And I said, you know what? I think it has, but I don't really want to have the surgery if it's changed. And he said, okay. He was like humoring me. He said, we'll do an x-ray, but I'll tell you. He said, in my experience, bones don't move like that. He said, and he showed me the x-ray. He said, there was a very big gap in here. Bones don't move. Well, they took the x-ray, and guess what? The bone had moved into place, and it had already started mending. That was God that did that. That was God that did that. I broke a bone in my hand just a couple years ago. In one x-ray, the break was there. A few weeks later, in the next x-ray, it wasn't even there. <laughs> God is awesome. I had a, a bacterial infection in my gastrointestinal tract that for months would not heal I took medicine after medicine after medicine. I got so fed up with it that I said, Lord, I I have to have a different way. God gave me wisdom, and he healed that, and I haven't had another problem with it. God has done things over and over again for all of us. Those are the things that we remind him of. When you're taking the praise cure, get all of those things that he's done Start remembering. Start praising him for those things. Lord, you healed me of this. You healed me of that. I had an ovarian cyst that God healed without even pain. God did it. God healed it just like that. God did all kinds of different things, and, and I've been remembering and writing them down. because I, And you know, there's things that he's reminding me of all the time that I'm like, oh, yeah, you did that too. I had two ulcers. In my esophagus at two different times that medication wasn't working on, it was not working, and God healed them. God did it. It's it's amazing. He is so wonderful. And he wants to heal us. You know, we sing that song all the time. He heals because he loves. He heals because he loves. Oh, if you had any idea how much God loved you. <laughs> But sometimes it really takes settling down with his word and beginning to take the praise cure. Take the praise cure. See, it takes time, and it takes intention. It's intentional. As we close, I want to read this scripture uh, out of Psalms 89:15. I'm going to read it in a couple different translations. It says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound, they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. The Young's Literal Translation says it this way, O the happiest of people are those knowing the shout, O Jehovah, in light of your face they walk habitually. Do you know that God's eye is always on you? It's always on you. God always sees you. He always wants you well. He always wants you healed. He always wants that. You know, that's what salvation, that word sozo, is. It's saved, healed, delivered, preserved, prospered, made whole. So it doesn't matter what is afflicting us. God wants us healed of it. Out of the message, it says this way, blessed are the people who know the passwords of praise. (laughs) I love that. Who shout on parade in the bright presence of God delighted they dance all day long they know who you are they know what you do and they can't keep it quiet you already have a testimony and guess what as we take that praise cure, we're going to have more and more testimonies So, share them with us. Share your testimonies. We want to hear them. We want to hear what God is doing. We want to know the people that you're seeing who are taking the praise cure and who are being healed. Amen? Amen. Amen. God is so good. He loves us so much. Wow. God's good. So, why don't you stand up with me? And let's just do it for a minute. Let's just praise him. Let's praise him for who he is. Let's praise him because he's healed us. Let's praise him for healing these who are in need with these prayer cloths as well. So, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Oh, we praise you. We praise you that you're the healer. We thank you, Father. Oh, that you bore our sickness, Father, that you took our disease and infirmities. You bore so that we would not have to. I thank you for the blood, and I thank you for the body, your body that was broken, your blood that was shed, and it was done on our behalf, Lord. Oh, we thank you so much. We receive that, Lord. We receive your broken body and the blood that was shed for us. We thank you, Father God, that in that, even in the remembrance of that, Father, is our healing. And so we praise you for our healing. We thank you, Lord, oh, that you're good, that your mercy endures forever. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. Salvation for sozo complete health for us Lord complete health we thank you Lord oh you've done it so many times you're the miracle working God you're the healing God all of the healing that we see in the New Testament and how you've healed oh I thank you Lord that it's all available for us we receive it Lord we receive it today we praise you that you're the healer we praise you oh we love you we thank Thank you and Father, we pray over these prayer cloths in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that these things that are afflicting these individuals, Father, as the anointing goes into these prayer cloths, we thank you, Lord. Oh, that your anointing will touch them. I thank you, Lord. It'll be like that patch that's placed on their body that the the anointing is released, and when it does, Father, it'll create a healing and a cure in their body. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you that arthritis has to change. We thank you, Father God, that blood clots have to go. We thank you, Father God, for healing everything, for healing lungs, for healing backs, for healing, Father God, that, that, uh, 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 situation that's going on on their left side. I thank you Father God that you're healing that that you're healing this individual's heart Lord. Oh we thank you for it. Thank you that you're the healer and that your presence and your anointing uh, go forth Father and that they receive the prayers of faith Father and their situation turns around. I thank you for it Lord. Father we just thank you for our healing tonight we thank you that you healed us Oh, and you continue to, Lord. You continue to. Oh, we thank you that you're so faithful. You're so faithful. Year after year after year, you're so faithful faithful oh thank you father thank you lord oh that you ordained praise so that the enemy would never have the upper hand that we would always have a praise cure available to us we thank you for it lord thank you thank you thank you you're so good and we love you oh we love you thank you lord thank you thank you thank you amen God's good, you guys, isn't He? Amen. He's the healer. Amen. We're gonna sing something.
0: Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord, we like to sing something. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. You get something down in your heart. Praise is contagious. You know, we don't come and we don't have our service uh, when we begin uh, just to fill time and have a song service. Because praise, as we begin to praise Him, I don't know, maybe it doesn't work the same for everybody. We have a praise and worship service, and when I go to bed at night, I wake up and those songs are coming out of my heart. They're contagious. They get into your heart. If you open up your heart, they get into your heart. And so that praise gets out before us and uh, that's that story the praise gets out it got out before them they didn't wait till they saw the enemy and went oh my God look at there's the Ammonites and the Moabites and here we are God just told them they began to praise before they ever saw the armies because that praise went out ahead of them because praise is an expression of faith and faith always gets out ahead of the situation so we begin to praise you know, she was talking the other day, and uh, this is how this works. This is, I i, I don't know why, I'm just, um, I was singing a song that I like to sing. I like to sing old songs they are down on the inside of me. Um, and so I was just walking around the house singing the song, I sing praises to your name. And she's like, don't sing that song right now. And I'm like, why? She says, I don't want that rolling around in my head all day. And so I said, well, that would be a bad thing to be rolling around in your head all day. But she had things in her own heart that she wanted to do. But when you sing, right, it gets in and it starts to roll around all day. And that is the power of music, really, that a song can get in you and it can stay with you all day. That's why you have to watch what music you listen to. It'll get with you and stick with you all day. And if it's not good and godly, it can be something that begins detrimental, but you get a song rolling around. You wake up, you know, and all of a sudden the enemy's attacking you in your sleep, but down on the inside there's a song of praise. There's a song of worship. Get up in the morning, and there's a song that sticks with you. And so, you know, part of Sunday morning, you might listen to different things, but if something gets down in your heart Sunday morning, you wake up Monday, that song still starts to roll. Don't leave it, sing it. And just think if you start to sing it and it goes out ahead of you. Just think if you wake up and sing it and it gets in your kids and they start singing it all day. Gets in your spouse. All of a sudden, you're just singing it around work and somebody doesn't even know, but it starts to resonate or get in them. There's just something to it. So we're going to just do a little bit. If you need something from God as we sing, that praise cure. But as we begin to just sing and worship Him, we won't just stay a long time. We'll just let the worship team get a feel for it and, And just praise a little bit and worship Him. But just take all your focus off of, you know, whatever the situation is and begin to focus on Him. Begin to think about, if you need to, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and instead of thinking, oh my gosh, here it comes, start to think, I'm sending out ahead of me praise. I'm sending out praise into tomorrow, into the next day, into the next day. I'm sending it out. So I don't know what my enemies are, but look forward this week whether it's healing in your body, what the enemy has done. You know, I was looking there and it says that the enemy had to come up and they had to go out. You know, when you're seated with him, in order for the enemy to attack you, he's going to have to come up. And so, you know, we, you know, if we're going to go out, we got to go out to fight him. But we don't have to go down to his level. We can stay up in high places And praise Him Amen So let's just spend a little bit of time Since she talked about the praise cure Think of all those points We'll use the uh, uh, vehicle of music tonight Just to praise Him So that my my hope Is that what she has uh, shared with us tonight Pastor Tasha shared with us Will stick with you And even if it's a song we sing You start singing and remember the praise cure Thinking about what am I saying What am I thinking about What am I acting upon? How am I praising God? Amen. You guys ready?
2: And I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord. Praises to your name. Oh, Lord. For your name is great. It's greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to I give honor and I give honor to your name. So happy. Oh, and I will Exalt you And I will Exalt you And I will so... Be a sweet sound, a sweet sound to you, Jesus. Here's my song, is my song to you. Say that I love you, say that I need you. You're all I want, Jesus. My heart's desire. It's you, alone, Lord, it's you, alone. Lord, yeah. we praise you, we honor glory, magnify your name, you deserve the highest praise, Jesus. sing praises to you.